Welcome to another episode of the Empowered Place, Empowered Lives Podcast. Today's episode, I got a special one, y'all. It's another journey of strength, but this one is a PCOS journey of strength with my PCOS adventures. We're going to dive all into her journey um, and just learn a little bit more about what my PCOS adventures is really about. But before we dive into this, you already know what the time it is. Vibe with me, y'all. Welcome to the Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives Podcast. I see you getting it, Jeanette. You was ready for it. You were. Before the beat even dropped, you was already ready. That's what I'm talking about. My PCOS Adventures. We got a journey of strength, man. I'm so excited that we were able to connect um, on Instagram. I'm glad that you're visible and you're vocal about PCOS. If you don't know, PCOS stands for polycystic ovary syndrome. And so today we're going to talk about her own special journey. But I'm going to start off with this. Jeanette, what has been your biggest struggle when it comes to your overall well-being? What has been your biggest struggle? Honestly, with um with my diagnosis like getting for somebody to understand because i'm the only person in my family circle in my friend circle that has this so advocating for myself like i feel like that's like one of the biggest struggle because i you know with the symptoms of you know many girls many women who experience it like they're tired or they are worried about each month of the period is going to come and like they don't know like my constant like you can say anxiety like every month what how it is how does it feel waiting for that to happen so you can feel normal in that sense so how do you feel what do you think about having that support system and having that level of understanding what what does that mean to you to be able to have a support system that truly understands what you're going through when it comes to pcos well for someone to not judge me, like my, like my, like I said, my friends are family, not to judge me when I'm feeling a little off, when there's some, like, or when I have to make extra appointments to the doctor, or when I'm taking a lot of vitamins, if I'm spending too much vitamins, I just want someone to be supportive, like, okay, you will do you, or someone to come with me to do some vitamin shopping, things like this, like the littlest things, like you know, like when, for example, when my mom sees she comes to my kitchen, she goes. Why are there so many vitamins out here? Are you just getting your vitamins from food? I was like, yes, but <laughs> so things like that. I wish someone could be more understanding in that aspect. I get that. I completely understand. I think um, sometimes as we make uh, adopt healthy habits and create lifestyle changes for ourselves, because we know that there is just a little bit of control, a little bit of power we do have in how we navigate every day with polycystic ovary syndrome. It's nice to have people embrace the lifestyle that you have um, to take part in that. Like, I love being able to have um, people eat plant-based foods with me because as a part of my um, journey, I've been able to, like, omit certain things, you know, um, over time and be more intentional about getting in fruits and vegetables because I've seen that it's allowed me to feel better. Uh, With my PCOS, my uh, irregular periods, I haven't missed a period since being intentional about juicing and eating more fruits and vegetables and not having the dairy, not having the gluten, not having the soy um, and still feeling good about it and not feeling like I miss it. But so having people go with me with plant based restaurants, having people uh, try like even my students, like I had my students trying my juice today. I mean, most of the time they ask me, Miss Ford, what you have for lunch today? Um, mostly it's my seventh graders. And so like they tried my juice today and it was my first ever recipe that I had. I had one sixth grader try it earlier because I drink it in the morning. And then when my seventh graders asked me, I had like a little swig left for one of my coworkers that suffers from fibroids. And so, you know, you're always trying to expose them to different things. So I had like this bell pepper, uh, carrot and um, cuties. I use cuties because my pineapples were bad. Ginger and lime, oh my goodness, it was the first time ever. So it smelled spicy because you can smell the bell peppers, but it was nowhere near spicy at all. It was like really nice and smooth. <laughs> it's like, oh, this does taste good. Maybe next time try with the pineapple instead of the oranges or try a little less of the bell peppers. And, it, you know, so they're trying to get in on it. But I love the fact that they're interested in it and they ask me about it because it makes me feel more supported that people are getting in alignment with the things that I like. 
and so when you have that support system, it allows you to truly just embrace you and not feel so stressed or drained having to explain or defend who you are and why you're doing what you're doing when all you're doing is trying to survive every single day and overcome obstacles and challenges because like you called your whole movement is this an adventure when it comes to PCOS. You can have good days, you can have bad days, you can have ups, you can have downs, but at the end of the day, it's an adventure. Life is an adventure. So when you're questioned about your decisions every day going through life, it's just like, I wish I can explain it to you. How about this? Educate yourself on it just a little bit and then come back and say, how can I better support you, Jeanette? (laughs) Would that be too hard? You know? Yes, absolutely. And like I said, like it's, you know, it comes also, it comes to, you know, from coworkers, friends, you know, they're, you know, when they see me, like, for example, I bring like my gallon of water at work and, you know, I'm drinking a lot of water every day and I take it home with me. I'm still drinking water. And then I have like a little commentary to my family. It's like, why are you drinking so much water? Um, I don't see a difference. I don't feel a difference. I was like, well, you guys, you know, trying to go back to the education part, like, like you said, it's just, you know, for them to try and be more understanding, for them to be like, come along. I would wish they would want to drink as much water as I do, but, <laughs> but they, you know, it's like they, hopefully once they keep seeing me, like they'll eventually go on that wagon. I mean, it is the, it is Jan, we're still January. So <laughs> their goals they could try for the new year. But agree. So you're known as the water girl at, oh, yeah. at work. And I'm known as the juice lady at work. <laughs> so like it is good though, because yeah. it's a healthy habit to be known for. I think one of the things that stands out for me, like when you were talking about a support system, is like when it's time to come someplace or fellowship or eat and people are like, oh, you can't eat this or oh, you can't eat that or oh, oh, you don't eat this or you don't eat that. And it's like, it's not that I don't eat it. I just choose not to eat it. And so instead of you saying, oh, you can't eat this or you can't eat that, maybe ask before there is a fellowship or gathering, hey, what are some things you might like if you really want me to feel included and, you know, actually feel a part of the activity? If not, I'm gonna just feel like you're not even being mindful. So do you just want to point me out because I just don't eat whatever everybody else is eating? And I I just, I don't like that part. I don't like that part at all because they don't ask the question why. Or is there a reason why you don't consume this or consume that? Because then once you say it, they're like, I've never heard of that before. Or, ooh, Jeanette, I got a good one. Or they say, I have PCOS too, Miss Ford, and it has definitely been a struggle. And I'm like, there's more of us. Oh, my goodness. You know, because you don't always see it in person. You always just, like, see it online. And so to be able to see those people in person, it's just like, it is real. Tell me more. It's like this sisterhood that kind of comes about because you have this mutual connection or bond because you're having this journey of strength. You're having to overcome something that there is no cure, but you're trying to figure out how do you overcome it personally because it's your own healing journey and nobody else's. Like there's no cheat code or no answer to exactly how your body's going to respond to what you do or the decisions you make. So let's let's take it to your diagnosis or maybe before you even were diagnosed. What were some signs or symptoms that led you into your polycystic ovary syndrome diagnosis? Well, for the foremost, like the one thing is that when I noticed is when I was um, 12, 13 years old, I had like my first period, like my form menstrual cycle, and then it was gone. I didn't get it for years. So that was oh like, my goodness. So when I went to my doctor, my mom, you know, and I was a child, I was still a child. So my mom was asking him, Hey, is Jeanette okay? Is there something that we should worry about? He's like, Oh no, like that's normal. Like she's, she's probably just going through some changes, whatever that he was making excuses as to like that, whatever I'm going through is normal. And he's like, we'll revisit back when she's 15 or 16. Then 15, 16 comes around. I'm over, extremely overweight. I have so much acne in my face. I have, and then I have a self-conscious about because having extra hair, you know, all that extra stuff all over, you know, all over my body. So looking at like my sibling, I have a, I have a little sister. She had a different experience. Like she had her like menstrual cycle every month. And then where I like didn't have none. So then when once I was six, like turned seventeen, I you know once again I, I asked the doctor a different one 
I was like, is this okay? And I was like, not really. Let's do some blood work. They did some Finally, blood work. right? Yeah. Finally. And they were like, okay, so we see here that you have some uh, polycystic, you know, a lot of uh, follicles in my ovaries determined based on my blood work that because of everything, the absent periods, the irregular periods, they were saying irregular, I had PCOS. And then right there, they prescribed me a birth control pill when I was 17. So they was like, this is how we're going to be able to make your period come back and you're able to feel normal. And I was like, normal? Okay, I guess. And that's when like... When they said that, that's when like okay, I guess I'm not normal, you know, <laughs> because if I'm if they're telling me that this pill is going to make me feel normal, and I was like, and I was like, I was young, I was a teenager, and my mom, and I'm like my mom's first daughter, so she doesn't know, like you know, like I guess that that didn't happen to her, so I guess that was normal. Like she was like, okay, we listen to the doctors, they know best, that kind of thing. So I started the pill very young, like very like. 16, 17, I remember when they diagnosed me with PCOS. So let's go to the normal thing. Um, <laughs> first of all, I, I'm with you all the way. I had irregular periods as well. And I thought it was okay as well because everyone would say, oh, well, you're just stressed or, oh, you must have ate something that caused you not to have your period or, oh, you might just be moving a lot because I was a dancer. Um, and because you exercise so much dancing, um, you missed your period. So they made it seem like it was normal for me to not have my cycle every every month, which we all know that's not normal. Like no one should ever normalize missing a period or having multiple periods in a month. Either way, vice versa, because we know yeah. we have yeah. different experiences out there for people with polycystic ovary syndrome. But then again, to now tell you, a doctor tell you at the age 16, you're going to put on birth control so you can be made normal. They didn't say normalize your menstrual cycle. They said make you normal. So being on birth control and now having this polycystic ovary syndrome, knowing that, you know, you were a little self-conscious about the excessive hair. That that was me too. Like, okay, when do I make the decision to wax off my mustache? Um, when do I make the decision to go ahead and start plucking the hairs, you know, on my chin, on my neck? Or do I leave it? Am I scared to do it, you know, because I don't know what it's going to look like growing back? How will it feel? So I'm with you all the way with those <laughs> physical signs that are already saying, hey, these this is probably what is leading up to polycystic ovary syndrome, irregular period, excessive, you know, hair in male dominant places could be a major sign of PCOS. This is not normal. Mental health and birth control. Talk to me a little bit about that, especially now that as a 16 year old, you're planted with this not normal. Yeah. So, so what I thought, what I felt was normal. It was like, no, I was having self image um, issues, anxiety that, you know, that wasn't like undiagnosed kind of thing. Like I was just, because in my culture, like I'm a Latina. So like you, they, the way they tell you is like, ah, you just, you have to go, um, you know, keep living your life. Don't let that bother you. Don't, don't just like, you have to keep going on. So I, I was like, kind of like my brain was kind of wired to just put up with it, to be resilient in a way, <laughs> just to like, keep going, keep going forward. And, but the thing like, I know inside of my heart, something was not right. Just because even though I had the pill, okay, I had a pill for a year and it took a few different pills for me to actually like, I guess, be, uh, have a, like a normal, like a regular period, but because I, I was having like very heavy periods and that was not, that was not normal either, supposedly, you know, all these it's things, not, like, I was, right? like they were, they were, I was like a little rat, like they were trying to like test That's me. That's how you feel. Yeah. Different pills to make sure that I like which one I'm able to take. And, and I, and I was going, I was in college. I was already like 18, 19. And I was like, you know what, let me incorporate fitness more. So I was incorporating fitness. I was measuring my food because I was in a, I was in a nutrition major. So I was like trying to be, be mindful as to what I'm eating and um, exercising. And I'm not going to lie, that really helped being very disciplined in that aspect. It's just that it, to keep going, to, to be super, super disciplined, to measure every little gram of rice or potatoes is not realistic. So that was, you know, I was working, I was going to college. So, you know, even though I made some of my goals when I was trying to be more mindful when I'm eating and stuff like that, it did not help my PCOS because I was still like, in, like I know I was thinking that something was not right with me because I still like 
I was still having like body issues, body issues with the way I look. I wasn't, I can't, I couldn't lose weight to save a life. So, <laughs> um, so I was going through all these things and I said, like, I know that being mindful as to what you're eating, the, the thing, since I was in college, I would just like pick a fat, if I die, like, oh, just eat chicken, plain chicken and plain broccoli and but i wouldn't know what would help my pcos so now that i'm older like now now that i was reading um watching uh like a video from a youtube video like one of my favorite youtube people that she's a murder mystery person but she was doing a historical dark history podcast on birth control how they were tested on puerto rican women and it went like all these like things that you discover from that youtube I, I was, I'm definitely going to send you a link of that one because I think it's very interesting to have how birth control was brought up and then back in the 1960s, if I'm, if I'm correct, 1950s or 1960s. All right. So you were saying like in college, your pain level was pretty, pretty good or? It was, I mean, like, honestly, I, because I was taking Tylenol and ibuprofen on those. Uh, times, so you had to take over the counter pain meds to kind of yeah. help you navigate through. Okay. Any pain. And, and this is because you got off of birth control or you were still on birth control while you were in college? I was still on birth control when I was in college. Okay, so hold up, Jeanette, because <laughs> I was told that if you get on birth control, it's supposed to take away the pain of your period and help you level out your hormones in order for you to have a better experience with your periods. Am I right or wrong? You're correct. And... Okay. Let me tell you one thing. I'm just uh, when I just started that pill when I was 16, 17, I went to look back at my hospital records. I that's when I started having migraines. Um, a few months right after that, and I needed to I needed Tylenol, ibuprofen to help with those migraines, and I still have migraines today. So yeah. <laughs> And so yep. I, I think that's a big thing because um, a previous episode uh, with uh, endometriosis conqueror she was put on birth control and why it took away her pain it caused all of these other symptoms to start being a problem with her body so i think it just shocked me that you were still in so much pain while on the birth control in college because that's like one of the main things that is supposed to be helping manage while you're on your period because when i um was first diagnosed with pcos polycystic ovary syndrome they wanted to put me on birth control birth control was an option for me as well and i was like no, I'm okay. I, I don't want to go that route. But also because of the endometriosis, I was like, let me go with the surgery to make sure it is truly endometriosis. And then then that's when I'll start making some decisions on what I'm going to actually do in order to kind of help treat my body. Since we know with endometriosis nor polycystic ovary syndrome, there's no cure. Um, so you kind of really figure out how your body's going to respond. And your body's so complex anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's only when we get that medical information of what's going on inside can we make those informed decisions on how we're going to make lifestyle changes and healthy habit choices moving forward i too just like you you did nutrition in in college i did health promotion so it's now public health so we had that that initial interest in health before we really knew knew what was really going on with us to be able to now apply our background to our actual personal life to try to figure out what is really, really, really happening with us. But I hate that birth control experience was going the way they went. So you ended up getting off of birth control or did you stay with it? Like after the migraines, what what happened? So this, so like I said, I was 16, 17. And then a few months later, after being consistently on birth control for a few months, I was having this terrible migraines. I didn't know what it was. Like I thought it was just like, a, I thought something really was going on until when I had to go go to the ER and they told me, oh, you have migraines. And I was like, wow. Like I was like, like, you know, the symptoms of migraines, like the, what happens? Like your my eyes I had to close my eyes, I had to be in a someplace dark. I was like crouching like a baby. Like I was in so much pain. And I thought, you know, I was like, maybe it's like because of college stress, it's new stress, new work. Like I was blaming on that. I didn't blame it on the pill. Now I'm in my early thirties. Well, yeah, <laughs> really early 30s, <laughs> early 30s. And I stopped the pill two years ago, almost two years ago. And my migraine has decreased so much. Like I'm telling you, like I have oh, like a, you know, like a migraine maybe once every two months, if that. 
And um, well, they did say it takes a long time for the birth control to get out of your system when you've mm -hmm. had it in your system for so long um, mm -hmm. that it does take time for your body to kind of recalibrate and really detox. Do you feel like it was the YouTube video that you you learned a little bit more about birth control that helped make that decision? Or was it like, OK, these migraines are just too much and I'm constantly putting something in me that I don't really know what's causing the issues, but I know I'm not feeling good and I deserve to feel good. So something got to get. Actually, when I did my like my yearly checkup and then they told me my liver enzymes was a little high, like all these things that they were telling me about my liver and, and you know, and I was like, I, and I know in the back of my mind, I was like, the only medicine I'm really, really taking is the birth control. And I was like, I'm going to get rid of that and just try to like start from clean slate. So for me, going back to like, okay, I this is what I know. I see my blood work. They're telling me this there's my migraines are not getting any better because I also even I, I used to wear glasses I went to I even did LASIK so I'm like maybe if I see better I will have less migraines no <laughs> nothing like that but it was worth it like I love LASIK by the way <laughs> it is worth it not to use glasses anymore but I've, it was like for me it was like more like um like something inside was like Jeanette just stop like just leave that birth control so after like 10 years of taking birth control, 10, 11 years taking birth control, I decided to just leave it all alone. I didn't go to the doctor because every time that I would recommend that to everybody, it's just like personally, the doctors that I've experienced, they were not advocating for me. They were not, they were like, we're just worried about it when you decide to have a family. And I was like, well, I'm taking, I'm, I have this results from my primary doctors telling me that something's going on with my liver. Like I, like I'm going to make my personal choice to just leave, like just leave the birth control. And that's what I did. That was like a personal choice that I made. I didn't ask the doctor just because all the previous, all the doctors the past 10 years have not helped me at all. I think that's a beautiful thing because you made an empowered choice for you to do what was best for you. And then I think sometimes people take what the doctors say as the be all end all kind of like your mom she didn't know any better um she wasn't educated in that she just wanted her daughter to feel better and if this is what the doctor is saying i don't this is beyond me let's listen to the dr jeanette let's go for it but because you've gotten older because you were doing your own research you became more informed and you started getting really in tune with your body and not saying oh i just feel I'm not normal, then it's like, okay, now I can make this decision. Once you made this decision to get off of birth control um, and you say, you know what, this just doesn't, this doesn't sit well with me. It's now affecting my liver. I'm having horrible migraines. I'm having to go to the ER because of this. What was your approach after you got off of birth control? What was your holistic approach? What did that look like? Was it um, working out? Was it eating? Cause you have this nutritional background. Did you change some things? What, what did that look like? Honestly, I was, I, at first, I was like, okay, I'll do this. I'm going to stop the birth control. But the things like the past 10 years, 10 or 11 years, I was like, I felt normal having my period. I always looked like, you know, I was like, ah, like I know once I get off it, I know, you know, my body's going to be all over the place. So I was trying to prepare my, like prep my, my mind and like myself to know that this something different is going gonna, is gonna to go on. So the first three months, I remember I had my period on the dot my metro cycle then after four months five months six months nothing and i started like getting i was panicking i was like oh my goodness so then i was like let me go to the acupuncture so my my health insurance off like i'm fortunately i have a good health insurance where i'm able to go to acupuncture and i and i was reading upon like reading doing my own research saying that if they're able to hit a few points is able to um stimulate something after um, a few months, after consistently going, my period did regulate. So I was happy about that. Well, on acupuncture, I've never had it before. I have seen some people say it's like a really good practice to consider. How was that experience? Oh, I love it. Like I, I also correlated, like I use less Advil or any over-the-counter medicine now. Like really, like rarely use it because I, for the past year i've been going to going to the acupuncture and um they've been helping me oh hey i have like a like a little head coming in they would put like a little <laughs> stick in me and but it's not it's not scary like it's not it doesn't hurt or anything but uh how often I, do you have to go to get your acupuncture treatment in order for your period to be regulated now and to minimize the the pain 
they told, they told me that uh, because I've been on it so long, that it's going to be a more, a lot of more sessions. So I was like going to, I was going up to three times a week, mm. um, three times a week, just so they can hit the points. And I like, I felt amazing. And I felt like, <laughs> I don't know what they did, but I, whatever they did <laughs> was helping. And of course I was drinking more water. I was like still doing like my, like, I can't help like my culture. They love eating rice with beans and chicken. And I'm still eating the same thing, but less, less of it. But yeah, less of it. Sometimes I'm like fruit juices, water. That's still like, that's still my main staple. But the only thing that I changed the past two years is going to the acupuncture. And I think that really, really and I think if anyone is like has like a little like a thought about acupuncture, I said go for it. You will not regret it. I love it. I've never heard the success story when it came to acupuncture yet, and I love that you were able to get up because that's that's something someone who's been on birth control for so long. Because I do know um, someone else who had been on birth control for a long time, and they recently got off of it. Maybe. Yeah, they, they got off it. I don't know how long they've been off of it, but I could definitely ask and see um, if they're open to experiencing acupuncture just to see how their body responds to it. And then also let them know that caveat, because you've been on birth control for so long, it's going to take additional, I don't want to say services, but additional visits um, in order for you to be able to start really seeing a change and for your body to start adopting and adjusting to the treatment. And I, But I love that it's a, a holistic approach that I don't yes. feel like we talk enough about. Yes. No, I, I feel like I wish I knew this like sooner about the acupuncture part, just because I, I feel like I would have left the birth control even earlier than I did. And I was skeptical too, but like I said, I did my research, I experienced it myself and, and, and I, I cannot, I'm not going to lie, but every time I leave from that place, I get a better, a better night's sleep. Like I feel better the next day. So I, I just like right now, for the past few weeks, I have not gone just because I've, you know, been crazy with my job. I'm, I work in a, in a school, so <laughs> these kids, but I'm a do for one for, for sure. <laughs> They're already calling me. It's like, Janae, are you okay? And I was like, yes, I'm okay. I, I need to go back. <laughs> <laughs> so you heard it here first. My PCOS Adventures has stamped and approved acupuncture yes. for those, my, our PCOS, our polycystic ovary syndrome posse. Check it out. Try it out. It might not be a part of your healing, but you can make it a part of your journey just to see if it's something that you could actually use. So I love that. Thank you. Um, So yoga. I know people typically talk about like yoga or Pilates, but then there's other people who talk about strength training uh, when it comes to how we are moving, intentional or mindful movement when it comes to well-being. What approach have you taken or what approach have you seen your body um, respond to when it comes to being consistent about moving your body? Yeah, I, that I'm not afraid of. I like for me personally, I I lean towards strength training. In the future, I'm definitely thinking of doing Pilates just because I've heard also done some research watch a lot of YouTube videos about how the benefits of Pilates, but strength training. When they told me that I had like higher testosterone in my blood, I was like, you know, let me make it use, like, let me make it useful. Like I know that I'm able to lift a little more because I have the extra hormone. So I think that if don't, I, I, I know that whoever watches this, like, and if you're, you know, wondering if she, if she did like strength training, I think you should just because it will benefit. It will grow you. Like we're not going to grow big muscular muscles or anything like that, but we're going to, but I feel like it does help. And I, that's what I, I try to do also when I go to the, like I go to my local gym and I focus on like each day, I try to focus on a muscle group and the mind to muscle um, thing that I do as well. Like when I'm doing my, my reps and I'm like, the accounting and making sure that, I, and I even I'm telling myself, <laughs> let's grow muscle, let's grow, let's go, let's go over here, let's arms, because I don't want to, we have flappy arms over here. But um, yeah, no, I actually, like, I'm going to, one positive thing about PCOS, I'll say that about the testosterone, saying that we, it helps with the <laughs> working out those muscles. So I was like, you know what, I'll take it. I completely get you. So with me, I've never been like this big 
strength training person. Like I was a dancer since before the age of two. So when I got older and it was like, okay, now you really got to move because even when you were a dancer, you didn't think, oh, you're exercising, you know, all the days you go to dance class, you know, tap, jazz, ballet, lyrical, hip hop. You don't realize that you're working out until you get older and you be like, I, do I really have to go to the gym? What do I need to do that's going to be fun that make me not have to think about I need to move my body to truly appreciate my body and do what's right by my body. And so for me, it's been walking. I tried the gym. When I did go to the gym, the treadmill was okay. But then my body didn't all the way respond. It was like it kind of triggered my adenomyosis, trying to go on different like levels and pushing myself. Running was a no. Anytime I ran, I was sore in certain areas. So running was too intense for me. I would try other PCOS or polycystic ovary syndrome, weight training programs that I've seen like online. And it would be like a whole bunch of burpees or this or that. And it was like, no, my body was like, uh-uh, not happening, not good. And then I tried the Stairmaster. And the Stairmaster, I wasn't as bad with the Stairmaster because it was just legit stairs and I could control how fast or slow I was going. So I saw success in the Stairmaster, but I think I found the most success was on the massage waterbed in Planet Fitness. (laughs) I just went and laid down and just did a guided meditation. So I was like, you know what? I don't think the gym is for me. I got an emotional support animal, Spencer, and we both needed a walk. And so I think that was my accountability person and I enjoyed it. So at first it was like two miles, you know, getting it in with him, but I didn't really see much of a shift or a change. Once I got up to four miles, at least four miles a day, that's when my body started to respond. That's when I started losing unnecessary weight or be able to maintain a healthy weight management. That's also when I saw less facial hair growing in. Um, September, I did a hundred miles for cancer awareness. And so that month, like I, Jeanette, every four weeks, I'm supposed to be going to get wax, right? I was like, oh my goodness, I can miss my appointment. I don't even have to hurry up and go. So I was like, oh my goodness, this might be working. This might actually be um, helping me with my hormones when it comes to, um, you know, like the testosterone and stuff that's coming out. So I was like, y'all try walking more. Two miles ain't eight anymore. Like you really got to up it up and see how your body responds. So I completely understand when it comes to navigating mindful movement for yourself and what works for you might not work for me. I'm not the one to be, you know, pumping the weights and like, come on, let's get ripped. You know what I'm saying? But I am one to walk that thing out and just keep it walking and be like, y'all, let's get moving and grooving. And it feels good. It's low impact. And my body feels great. And so you really have to listen to your body and do what serves your body and not just do something because you want to see this result or that result or because you see other people doing something. Just get in alignment with your body, work with your body and not against your body. And I think when we're already having to overcome obstacles that we can't really see when it comes to polycystic ovary syndrome or endometriosis or fibroids or adenomyosis, it's just like, Get to a point where you're just working with your body so you can live a vibrant life, a good life that you feel good about. Um, I know you were talking about before um, being all nutrition. Have you seen things work for you when you have taken certain stuff out of your diet? Like, no, for me, dairy was a big thing. Taking dairy out of my diet or my um, way of eating, I should say, because I don't really care for the diet word, but Mm -hmm. that's typically how people look at it. But diet is anything that you consume, whether you think it's something good or something bad. It's just what you consume overall. Have you seen anything when it comes to your foods? I know you still get your rice and your beans and your chicken in for the culture, which is all good. I didn't hear... I didn't hear actual dairy, though. I didn't hear you say, I'm doing the cheese quesadillas. Or- <laughs> oh, no. Uh, for me, I'm more of a savory, savory tooth than a sweet tooth. So with sweets, I don't have problems with because I don't really, um, like, for example, ice cream or cheese or milk. I don't consume it that much because I don't, I, I guess I'm not, I don't crave for it. But salty stuff, that's when, that's where it gets me, like, um, because I love potatoes, <laughs> um, me eliminating processed foods like McDonald's, Wendy's. And this is very tempting because when when you work somewhere and you don't have time to eat, 
that's the first thing you grab. So knowing that I, I know I have to pack some grapes, I know I have to pack some cuties, I have to pack up some little fruit, little snacks, little like a little like something to snack on because I know that I'm gonna gravitate towards something that's processed. Knowing that it's processed, that's what my body does not like it says, no, Jeanette, don't eat anything. McDonald's, don't eat Wendy's, don't eat Chick-fil-A, don't eat any of that. Even though I was like, but I want it. But <laughs> you it's just like your body. Just That's why I'd rather limit myself like, hey, I'll make my my beans, I'll make my chicken, make my rice. But I'm mindful of what I put in it because I know what I'm putting. I know how I'm cooking it. So, so you I talked about home, that today. So yeah. hard today with someone. It's like when you make something... It takes so much of the anxiety away of not knowing what's actually in your food. And today we really don't know what's really in our food, especially if we're getting it from someplace else. Even when we get our groceries and stuff like that, we're still a little like, uh, do we really know where this came from? But even when we simplify ingredients um, and what we're putting on our empowered plate makes a huge difference. And like you said, meal planning is the cheat code. If you plan and prep and you have things with you, you're less prone to eat something that your body's going to say, I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. What's really going on? And I did the same thing like yesterday. I had to go to, um, like I told you, I had a meeting after school and I didn't pack the cuties because I threw the cuties into the bell pepper juice that I told you about because my pineapples were bad. So it took away my, my snack, like my quick go-to. And I had to go get some like curly fries from Jack in the Box. And I'm just like, after I ate it and I got home and I was able to come and really eat my salad and stuff, I was like, my stomach at the bottom was just like, Giovanni, why? Like, why? what do you want me to do with this? Now I got to get this grease out of you. This is heavy. It didn't feel good. Because before we had this, I ate my boiled potatoes that I had some good like plant-based, garlic, buttery, nice little <laughs> sauce over my boiled potatoes. That didn't make me feel anything like those French fries did from Jack in the Box. <laughs> followed up with my salad like it's when you say processed foods make a difference it makes a difference and I'm so glad you said it because I forgot all about it to even talk about processed foods I was just talking about the dairy but another one of our PCOS posse members was reaching out to me and I was talking to her the other weekend and I was talking to her about foods too and she was like oh well I need to work on the processed foods because when I was telling you about doing the 100 miles and my facial hair was like really going down. I was like, I was eating good. I had less. Pro she was like, oh, processed foods. I need to focus on that. Then I need to get that out. Even when it comes to plant-based processed foods, like processed foods is processed foods. Like if you really start getting simple with your foods and it's still good, like you're still eating your, your rice, your beans and chicken, your food is still good. My food is still good. Like I'm, I'm probably not low key, Jeanette. Like if you actually see my, my Instagram or my Facebook, like I'm a high energy foodie. I love good food. I love posting food porn because I think food is so good. But at the same time, food is such a natural healer. And if you're consuming the right foods that taste good for you, your mood is going to be upbeat. You're going to be excited about what you're eating because you're not thinking, oh, I got to replace this. No, I'm embracing what I'm getting ready to eat because I know I'm going to feel good about it and I know it's going to taste good. So in the description of this video, I have a, a plant-based alternatives guide that helps people with swapping out certain foods so you have a less processed way of adopting a healthier lifestyle. So um, you can definitely get that, but it's definitely not, you're not going to see processed foods on there, but you're going to start seeing things that you can start making shifts for to be more mindful. And I really think, Jeanette, it's an anti-inflammatory lifestyle because when you think about polycystic ovary syndrome, um, and you think about endometriosis, a lot of times it's all about inflammation mm -hmm. um, that's causing the issue. And so if we kind of take out and back away some of the things that's causing inflammation or causing stress that's going to trigger inflammation, I think you're setting yourself up for really living a, a vibrant life and to really being intentional on your healing journey. When it came to your mental health, though, um, what did you do in regards to stress management? Did you do anything to kind of support you with your, your well-being when it came to stress management? So like I said, like food plays a big part. So when I was like in that, in that journey, one of my adventures dealing with, <laughs> with anxiety and stuff like that, I know that what I've, I was mindful. I was like, if I eat this, I'm going to feel like that. And it's just, that is just so true because 
if you cherish your body, if you care about your body, you'll, you know, that mindset will slowly, you'll slowly choose better foods. And I know when I was like, I know that my, like when I was feeling this certain way, it's just like my mind was foggy and I didn't know why. I didn't, I, I didn't know if I was like, did I sleep good last night? I don't. And also when I eat certain foods, when I was eating processed foods, I wouldn't be able to sleep good at night. I was, I was feeling like sluggish. I was not feeling good. So when I was changing that, when I was going to insomnia, yes, more clean way of eating, you can say more whole foods. I would say whole foods. I felt so much better. I didn't, I feel like I was so like, I had a lot of energy and I was like, and I don't drink caffeine. I don't drink caffeine. No. And I drink more like more like um, caffeine free teas, like peppermint, peppermint tea, herbal teas. Yeah. yeah, Ginger tea. And that also helps with inflammation. Yeah. So I, if anyone is like asking why should you drink those kind of teas? Because it, it does help me with my inflammation. Cause I know I get easily bloated if I eat something that I'm not supposed to be eating. And I know that all the foods that I'm eating or putting inside of me, that's what's causing my, like my mental health. And of course, um, I also like had like, like some sessions, therapy sessions with someone, you know, a therapeutic in that side. But for me, it was more of me watching what I was eating, being more mindful of that. And I think that really helped me like help, like have a different mindset. I know when I'm not feeling good that day is because I probably ate something I'm supposed to but I think it's just everything correlates together <laughs> it does it does all kind of interconnect um and it, it it's key what you said like when I know I don't feel well or something's off it has to be something that I probably ate and that's kind of what happens when it comes to my students um when they're feeling sick and they're not you know they want to throw up or they that overly crampish and I'm like okay is your period on if it's on and it was like, okay, what did you eat the day before? Was it dairy? Was it sugar? Was it, you know, trying to figure out what are some of the things that they ate? And I was like, okay, when you're on your period, you need to really go hard and go with the fruits and the vegetables. Try to stay away from the dairy. Try to stay away from the sugar. And really, if you can, try to stay away from processed foods. But they're kids, so they're not quite sure exactly what all they know. I mean, they're middle school. They know how to choose Takis. They know how to choose. They know how to say what they want when it comes to that lunch line or that breakfast food. So they know how to make certain decisions, but it's just empowering them to make better decisions when it comes to like their menstrual cycle, if they want to feel better or showing them kind of what you eat can play a role on how, how you feel and how that food is trying to break down and digest in your body. But there's something that you said and you talked about your mindset. And I think that's key. Before you can be on a healing journey, before you can truly be empowered about taking your control back over your body when things are going wrong, you it first starts with your mindset. If you don't have a mindset of resilience and that I want a different result, I want to feel better, I want to be in control of what's going on in my life, I deserve to live a vibrant life, then you're not going to get to where you want to be. So mindset is first. Once you made up your mind that this is what I know I deserve, that it's going to be so much easier, like you said, to make the mindful eating choices. It's going to be so much easier for you to go and move your body intentionally. It's going to be easier for you to go and advocate for yourself when you go to the doctor to tell them what's really wrong with you. It's going to be easier for you to decline certain treatment options they give you if you're informed, you're educated, and you're connected to your body. And I think that's what it is most important because they don't have a cure for polycystic ovary syndrome. So they can't really come and tell you exactly what you need to do because everything is, let's just throw something on the wall and see if it sticks. But if you're intentional about how you want to feel and you're intentional about what you're actually doing to help yourself feel better, you're only going to figure it out for yourself. And I think that's the whole reason why we're here today and we're talking about our journey and we're telling you what's working. Even when you talked about the herbal teas, that's big. Even saying that to your students, like when you're on your cycle and you're not feeling good, drinking more of the herbal teas and not drinking some of the things that they're already consuming or highly consuming, it's going to more than likely help them with that experience for the next few days. And I don't think we talk enough about herbal teas or push it as much. Like even when they go to Starbucks, they're not sitting there trying to order a herbal tea, are they? No. And <laughs> you're, you're right about that with your students because, I, you know, I work with students too with middle school. And they, they and they're I so curious. they're so curious, very curious, and and I don't I don't even like bring it up like hey this is my my tea or anything. They're like Miss um uh, Miss Keto why 
why are you not having your coffee? Why I don't have coffee or Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks? Why don't you bring me some donuts? I was like, well, I don't eat that. And they're like, why? And then that's when I'm like, okay, you know what? This is why. And then there's then my my female students, they come in, they and they're like, oh miss, I don't feel good. I'm like they're in their um menstrual cycle. It's like, okay, what's going on? I was like, X, Y, and Z. And then like, oh, Miss Keto, oh, my face is like, has a lot of, you know, acne. I was like, then I have skincare experience. I, was, I used to work at Sephora when I was in college. And I was like, you know what? This is a good cleanser, like a really good cleanser. So you can try to, you know, a little bit of that, but you know, but what, what, you first have to be mindful as is what's where you put it inside your body it's like what are you eating and then we go for that like oh i'm eating chips and and empanadas and all, all these like all these fried delicious processed foods but i said you can't like that's what's causing that and they're like and since they're growing ladies like they're you know being mindful like oh okay like i'll I'll see, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to you, Miss Keto. I'm not going to have those empanadas while I'm my period. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so it's like a little bit like that, like little things like that. Like I'm not even purposely trying to tell them like, hey, you should, you should have this. No, this is just me like drinking my tea or having my water and having something very light, fruits and stuff like that. Because they're always asking me, Miss Keto, why you don't carry snacks? Why you don't have chips in your drawer? And I was like, well, I have fruit. Do you want fruit? Because I give you fruit. That's what I say. <laughs> you, you sound like me because I used to be that teacher. Like, I'll get the stuff from Sam's and I'm ready to come come up and get Skittles. Come get Starburst. Come get this. Come get that. And I'm like, no, sugar is horrible. Why am I pushing this out to kids just because they like it? Why am I pushing out all of this sugar to them when I know the harmful effects of sugar? It's like now I'm a source of a future problem for them. Um, and so this year I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not buying a whole bunch of candy just to, you know, throw it out there for them all year round as an incentive. Um, so I got like different like nut packets that I had. So whatever snacks I've had. And if somebody had like something really good or they did something great, I was like, oh, my gosh, like if I had candy, I would give it to you. But I'm not even on that that vibe anymore. But I do have this snack. It's kind of healthy. If you're not allergic to nuts, you want to try it out. And I'm like, yeah, I'll try it out. And I'll give it to them and they're with it. Or I have the cuties, just like you talked about cuties. And I have some students that love oranges. So if I know they love it, I bring extra just for them. And if I see them in the hallway, I'll toss them a cutie or something. <laughs> they know I'm more of the health conscious type person now and they see it. And so I want to constantly be that visible person for them. But they also see me drinking my juice. Like I told you earlier, they'll come up and want to try it or taste it. And that's a beautiful thing for me because I also know how how stuck they are on artificial sugar. So when they have something that is only fruit-based, and, and sometimes that's, now, Jeanette, I'm going to be honest with you, because you said you're a Latino. Now, sometimes those aguas frescas, y'all <laughs> put real sugar in it. And I'm thinking it's just the fruit and the water you mix up. But that's really like y'all Kool-Aid comparison <laughs> to us. And so, like, sometimes I have to ask certain restaurants, you know, you have sugar, they'll be like, oh, just a little bit of sugar. And then you try it and be like, nah, that's a lot of sugar. Like this tastes too good because I can compare it to what I can get out of my juicer. So I just feel like I try to be that person that they see and I try to give them little things so they can realize certain stuff does taste good without having the artificial sugar. So in the event, as they get older and they're starting to have health issues, they'll be like, oh, well, Miss Ford tried this. Or I know my mama is already juicing because some of them even say, my mom juices. My mom also makes fruit and vegetable juices too, Miss Ford. And so to me, it's like, oh, she does? Tell me some of those favorite recipes that she has just to get the conversation talking about it. Because like you, we don't push it on them, but we know that this is the age. This is the age that they start bleeding. This is the age when you started thinking, okay, what's wrong with me? Because I started my period and then my period is gone for years. This is the age where they think cramping is normal and cramping is not normal. Pain is not normal to not be able to come to school because your period is on and you're hurting too bad or you're nauseous and you're wanting to throw up. That's not normal. Mm -hmm. Like being able to know that what's not normal now that we've have to uh, face these challenges of polycystic ovary syndrome and being in such a great position in middle school. It's just like we can't afford to not be visible and vocal for our black and brown girls. Especially when we know that their family members may not be educated and what might be going on in their bodies or going on in their body to where they're going to listen to whatever doctor says, let's do this, let's do that. Or even with birth control and realizing that birth control can mask so many different issues that's going on that you're unable to really know what's really happening in your body. 
because you're having all of these extra hormones in your body that's not naturally occurring. And so I'm just so grateful that we were able to connect. And I'm so grateful that we're not shy about being visible and vocal about our journeys because it doesn't always feel as strong, as courageous, as confident as we might come across on social media, on YouTube, on Instagram, or Facebook. We want to be positive. We want to be empowering. But at the end of the day, sometimes PCOS issues, symptoms, and signs can lead to depression, can lead to anxiety, can lead to feeling overwhelmed, can lead to stress. But it's one day at a time. Um, It's one day at a time, one decision at a time, one healthy habit at a time, one lifestyle at a time. You can't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to do all these things that Jeanette and Giovanni talked about today and go set up an acupuncture appointment and expect to find healing in 30 days. And that's not what it is. We've been living a certain way for years. We're familiar to a certain culture and lifestyle for years. It's going to take time. So give yourself grace. Be patient with yourself as you go through this healing journey and really just connect to you, love on you. Because once you start really loving on you, you won't look outside for all these other different things about how you really truly feel and what's really happening in your body. And it takes you being empowered in order to start figuring out what needs to go on your plate, as well as what's in your mind to start being intentional about being intentional. Mm-hmm. So I've got two Last questions, two last questions for you. And we kind of just rolled right into this, which I'm glad. This question is for girl dads, all right? So dads that are taking care of their daughters by themselves without a mother or female in the household, what advice or suggestions would you give to a girl dad that's trying to be supportive and maintain a great relationship with their daughter as they navigate through menstrual health well definitely like i love that you mentioned to give yourself grace but also like just like that just give your daughter a grace and i know i know it's like being a single dad is very hard extremely hard single single parents i commend you and i'll say that because my mom was a single mom and mine was too my goodness so it's not easy you're not gonna get it right away it's just educating yourself of what's going on about what with like if they're a growing teenager or they're a child knowing to advocate for them because if you're educated you're able to advocate for your child so that i would definitely recommend just be educating on everything like on not like the, the most that you can because i know that life is going on but things like that with the, the hormones and body image anxiety things are rising up really quickly in schools and it, it can go unnoticed thinking that it's just a phase when sometimes it's just not it's not just a phase so i definitely recommend like just keep educating yourself youtube is also a great resource maybe also a counselor that really really has a great relationship with your daughter so they could try to you guys can talk to each other and see what other outlets outside of that you can help I definitely think that that's one of the things that I'm, I can think of right off the bat right now. I love that, the education part, because if you're educated and you can advocate. And I like that because had your mom been educated on it, she probably would have been able to better advocate on your behalf as a, a teenager um, of what was really going on. It's not no fault to her, but that's what that's the whole point is. It was our challenges. It's our life stories that's helping or hoping to be able to be an inspiration or you know, wisdom to say, hey, do this. You don't want to miss out on this because you just might be helping your child in the long run. So as an adult, they might not be struggling or trying to get their body, regain their bodies back um, from birth control or whatever the case may have been. That was an early adopted um, decision. All right. So last question, Jeanette, because I know both of our animals are going kind of crazy right now in our house. Um, So if you could have a meal with any historical figure, who would that person be and what meal would you all have? Oh my goodness. Historical person. <laughs> That's a good question. I'm trying to think. Oh my goodness. So give me a moment. <laughs> it's fine. And it's okay if it changes because uh, with my granddaddy, one time it was me. Another time it was his wife. Um, so it doesn't have to be someone who's no longer living, but just a historical person. 
or a historical figure that you would love to sit down and have an empowered plate with so they can empower your life? I would love, now that you um, helped me a little bit, my great grandma, because I never met her, but she had her own farm in Ecuador. And I would have loved to have the native foods as to see how would how would I feel eating their native foods? And I know like there's some tribes in Ecuador, like there's indigenous people in Ecuador who eat very healthy and they live for a very, very long time. And I want to experience, I would have loved to experience that. Okay, <laughs> I love it. I love that person you chose, I do. And I, I kind of, now you got me wanting to go to Ecuador. And, uh, <laughs> food. But what y'all having? What are you and your great grandma having? What are y'all gonna have as a meal? So they have like they have a lot of like their one of the staples is corn. So any of the corn dishes like we say umas, it's a little bit sweet actually. They put like a little bit of cheese. So it's like it's like not the, the healthiest one, but it's a there it's like a little corn dish that I would love to try from Ecuador because I know since it's like it's like it's farm, it's like the farm from over there and they'll make it out of the, the little um they don't have typical ovens like we have here so they'll make a little fire and i would like to, i would just like that like the natural food from like actually from the ground <laughs> where they make from the ground and the fish also the fish from there like they are also in the coast of ecuador they have really good fish so fish and corn that's it yeah that's <laughs> the fish and the corn and mangoes, <laughs> the fruit. There you go. Okay. Oh, what y'all drinking? What are we drinking? Hmm. Hot chocolate. <laughs> but this is an interesting meal. Yeah, because they I know that uh my family, uh who when every time they go to Ecuador, they bring chocolate blocks from the cacao and mm -hmm. they make we take make the real hot chocolate from the from those blocks. So that's how oh. I'm like, ah. Yeah, I love like hot chocolate. So mango, hot chocolate, a corn dish, and some fish. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, <laughs> Okay, I'm with it. All right, so last thing, give some inspiration. Uh, inspiration to anyone who might be uh, struggling with uh, polycystic ovary syndrome symptoms or whether it's infertility issues, trying to just really be consistent on their healing journey. Just give them a little my PCOS adventures love right now. Just drop some some good good encouragement, some good vibes um, for the tribe out there. Especially you being my first um, Latina guest on here for your for you know. It says sounds a little cliche, but this has been since I was in college. Like I was like, never give up, never give up. Just because even though you failed one day, like. You chose the wrong dish. You ate the wrong meal. But it doesn't mean that it, that's going to take your whole life. So just try again tomorrow. Try again the next day. Try again. You know, it, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Look how long it took me to actually leave the birth control after being almost a, more than 10 years on it. And then trying to advocate for myself. This is not easy. This is not something like it's going to be quick. Take it day by day. Do not give up. Like you will find yourself, you're gonna find you're gonna feel so much better knowing that you have that kind of mindset that you just don't give up. So that's what I, I to say. <laughs> the big thing I took out of that is that you're gonna find yourself. Once you start getting intentional about being intentional when it comes to your life and your healing and feeling good and making the decisions that are best for you, and that's just with your total well-being, not just with polycystic ovary syndrome you're going to find yourself. And once you find yourself, you're going to love yourself and take care of yourself better than you probably ever did before you even knew that you were lost. So I, I love that, Jeanette. <laughs> and I appreciate you um, for being a part of the Empowered Plates and Empowered Lives podcast and also showing your journey of strength without any hesitation. So I'm grateful for you. Thank I'm you. I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much for having me. I Truly, truly enjoy this. This was so much fun. I'm so happy that we can connect, even though we're from coast to coast. I Me love too. it. Me Thank too. And I'm just glad that my students are able to see representation um, when it comes to polycystic ovary syndrome um, as well. But y'all, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives podcast. Um, if you're looking for healthy alternatives that are plant-based to get more of your nutritional value in, 
definitely get the plant-based alternatives guide in the description of this video, as well as if you have polycystic ovary syndrome or endometriosis, adenomyosis, there's a healing guide as well in the description of this video that is also free. Um, so you can start getting intentional. Like you heard me and Jeanette talk about mindset. We talked about mindful eating and we talked about movement. Those are the absolute top three things that you have to be intentional about on this journey and figure out what really works for you. But yeah, y'all, thanks for vibing with us. Be loved, be well. And remember, it is your healing journey. So you be empowered to live the best life that you know you deserve. We out.